Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. Today, I'm going to talk to you about an example that we can learn from. I'm always looking for leadership, and I'm always thrilled when I get to see leadership moments or a leadership example. And I'm going to give you one that I think is going to be helpful given the context in which this leadership happens. But before we do, I want to remind you that uh, we've concluded our North Texas Leadership Conference, and that conference was just amazing. The four lessons that I did, lessons that I'm learning about church— The number of pastors that have told me that was a life-changing message for their church is just amazing. And then the lesson on what you would say to a young leader, that really has hit the spot. And then the four emotions that Jesus dealt with and how he managed those emotions. So I'm saying all that to you that if you haven't heard them, you can go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com and go to the audio place and you can download those four lessons. You will love them. And then my new book came out called Tough Stuff. And this is just a book that's written exactly for the times in which we live in. So many of the people that I oversee talk about how tough life is. So I wanted to talk about tough stuff. And so there's a chapter on tough prayers. See, all prayers aren't easy prayers, but there's some tough prayers in the Bible. Tough places. What do you do if you're in a tough place in life? Tough times. What if you're going through a season in life that's just inconvenient? And then tough odds. Just being in a position where all the odds are against you. And then tough principles. Um, this is just an amazing, amazing kind of, of lesson that I think could be helpful to you. And I think it's worthy of reading. I think it's worthy of repeating. I think it's worthy of teaching. And there's some other chapters in here, but I think you would enjoy it. You can go to my website again, GeraldBrooksMinistries.com, and you can uh, download it there. Again, an example we can learn from. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to go to the corporate offices of Chick-fil-A in Atlanta, Georgia. And there, uh, I was in a room where they talked about some of the things that they do and some of the ways in which they produce and are able to achieve outcomes. And I just thought some of their thoughts were remarkable, but it wasn't just that they were remarkable. In in the United States, Chick-fil-A is one of those well-known products. Uh, they, they literally, literally, literally uh, are all over the nation. And not only are they all over the nation, but whenever you go to one, there's a line. I mean, people are lined up at Chick-fil-A. When no other restaurant has a line, they have a line. And, And one of the first things I would say is that they understand values. They understand that there has to be values if you're going to lead and lead well. And every organization has to determine its values. Now, in the United States, what we know is they're one of the few restaurants that is closed on Sunday. Now, their main competitors would be 
competitors like uh, McDonald's or a Whataburger or In-N-Out Burger, those kind of things. But they're one of the few that is closed on Sunday. But do you know one of the interesting things about it? At least at the time I was in the room, they said that the average franchise, franchise, sorry, franchise that was uh, open for a Chick-fil-A and their biggest competitor, I think at that time was McDonald's, was that the, uh, the locations of a McDonald's open seven days a week make 4.2 4.2 million a store. They said a Chick-fil-A open six days a week makes 5.2 million a store. Even though they're closed one day a week, they make a million dollars more. Now, they would attribute this to a value, that they believe there's a value in how they express their belief in their company. They believe that there's a value in how it helps their workers in their company. But here's the thing. If you're going to lead, you have to know your values. And that's one of the things that they know. And one of the things they'll tell you is when you hold to a value, the value pays you back. I want you to get that. Values always pay you back. It may look like they're costing. Man, can you believe what we would make if we were open seven days versus six days? But they would say it's counterintuitive that when you live up to a value, here's what happens. That value ends up paying you back. And so 5.2 million a store versus 4.2 million with their next competitor, a million dollars difference and closed one day a week. So I would just say to you, if you're a leader, you always lead from a value perspective. You never lead just based on a monetary perspective. You always lead based on a value perspective. So uh, that would be one of the first takeaways I would give you. The next is they teach content repeatedly. They teach content repeatedly. Now, here's how this goes. They know that they have a 100% turnover rate in employees. As they say, they're hiring 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, people who are entering the workplace for the first time. Most of them are not going to stay at Chick-fil-A for life. But what they are going to do is that they are going to have the first job. But they said, when you have a 100% turnover rate of employees, you have to teach content continually. So they talk about the values they teach. They talk about how they go about their job that they teach. They talk about how you interact with a customer that they teach. They talk about how you engage when there's problems. And so they said, you have to teach content continually. And that's what I was thinking. See, many of us get bored 
saying the same thing over and over again. But effective organizations have learned the power of repeating. They've learned the power of saying key things repeatedly so that the thoughts become ingrained, the ideas become entrenched, the behaviors become codified. All of this begins to happen. And so they talk about how they teach content repeatedly. They're always pulling their employees aside and saying, this is what we do. This is why we do it. This is how we do it. And they said, it is just going to be, if we take a break from it, we have new employees that will never know. And so there's some things, there's some things that every organization has to revisit and they have to revisit them continually. So I would ask you in your organization, what are the things you have to revisit? What are the things that you have to revisit continually for your organization to flourish? And even if you feel like you've said them and there's no longer a creative way to say them, keep saying them. Keep saying them. So the first thing is your values pay off. That's what they would tell you. Secondly, teach content repeatedly. But the third thing is this, hate complexity. Hate complexity. High performance organizations always are simplifying. They're trying to figure out what they do best, but how to do it in a simpler way. Simplification is equal to multiplication. The more you simplify, the more you multiply. And so they talk about how they're always trying to reinvent and say, how can we do everything simpler? How can we make it simpler? Now, why do they want to make it simpler? Well, one, they are always reteaching content. And they always have new employees. And if they can make a job simpler, it's easier to learn. So they're always trying to simplify. They're always trying to simplify. And so you have to understand that anytime you have organizational problems, once you define what you do, you then need to define how can we do what we do better. And how can we simplify it? How can we get a grip on this? And how can we simplify it? So they say, you have to hate complexity. You may get it, but you want to simplify it so others can get it. And you may understand it, but you want to simplify it so others understand it quickly. Simplify. Simplify whatever you are doing. Hate complexity. Always prune. Always cut back, always figure out how to do what you do better in a simpler way. If it's more complex, then you're going to lose people on the front end that you will need on the back end because you've yet to simplify it. So figure out the values, teach content repeatedly, hate complexity. And then next, bet on leadership, bet on leadership. They say that they're always trying to find that diamond in the rough. They're always trying to find that individual who just has capacity in them. 
the capacity to do, the capacity to think, the capacity to achieve. They have capacity. See, they bet on leadership, and the reason they do is they know that leaders set the pace. See, if someone's running faster than you, you're not the leader. If someone's seen further than you, you're not the leader. And leaders always set the pace. And so they're always wanting to develop leaders. They say you bet on leadership. Now, the thing about a bet is it's not guaranteed. And the thing about betting on leadership is that you're going to place bets where you're going to lose. But what they would tell you is that's all right, because when you win, you win big. So you've got to grow a leadership team. And that's one of the things I just repeat again, repeat content continually. If you've not grabbed the leadership curriculum of 17 lessons that I have outlined that give you a platform to begin to teach leadership, I'm telling you, you need to grab that. And you need to teach that because you need to bet on leadership. You need to grow a leadership team and you need to understand you're always building your bench. You're always building your bench. You want to build it. But a part of betting on leadership is don't be surprised when there's turnover because it's a bet. Every bet you're not going to win and every bet you're not going to win big. But you need to bet on leadership. The next principle, get everyone on the same page. Get everyone on the same page. There are times as a leader, getting everyone on the same page seems impossible. I tell people there are days when it seems like getting everyone in the same book is impossible, let alone on the same page. See, get everyone on the same page. See, performance goes up when everyone knows what best practices are. Performance goes up when everyone knows what best practices are. When they know that. So here's the thing. You need to create clarity. This is what we do. You need to affirm values. This is why we do it. And you need to develop techniques. This is how we are going to do it. So get everyone on the same page. The next principle, win the heart. Win the heart. And what that means is build the community. Just build the community around you. Chick-fil-A is famous for doing community events, for helping schools, helping organizations, even literally when people have come to protest outside Chick-fil-A, they'll box up lunches and they'll go give them to them. Why? Because they want to build the community. And when you build the community, you win people's hearts. When you're investing in nonprofits, when you're beginning to make contribution to causes, you are winning people's hearts. So that means that you have to understand 
that you are going to do things that don't have tangible benefit, but they have heart benefit. Because someone who will speak to the heart will be an individual that will begin to be transformational. You have to win the hearts. Next, excel at execution. Excel at execution. Master fundamentals. Just master the fundamentals. Figure out what are the base traits and just master them. And then raise the bar. Just raise the bar. Raise the bar of believing in people. Raise the bar of resourcing people. Raise the bar of helping people. Raise the bar of effectiveness with people. Just raise the bar. Um, We have to be a change agent. And Chick-fil-A is in a money business. But they realize that you have to be a proponent of change. And so you're always raising the bar. You're always adding to it. And so I just want to say to you today, I felt like their example at Chick-fil-A was a good enough example that we could learn some things. So we could learn that on the front end, you create values and they may look like they cost you, but they're going to pay off. And then you teach content repeatedly. What are the things that if someone's going to be effective in your group, what is it that you say? You've got to hate complexity. Don't let things become complex. And then you have to bet on leadership. You've just got to place a bet. And you've got to get everyone on the same page. You've got to realize that there's a book and there's a page. And when best practices are being lived out, it creates. And you've got to win the hearts of people around you because you're just not in a business. You are trying to help people. And then you have to excel at execution. You've got to master fundamentals. And you're always raising the bar for you and for others. Here's the thing. I think if you took a few moments, some of these are transferable to your group. Some of them are valuable assets, and some of them are great reminders. But whatever those things are, take this example, implement the principles, because I think it can make you a better leader and your organization a better team. Again, I want to remind you, um, go to my website, GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. If you haven't downloaded the uh, messages from NTLC, I'm just telling you, they will help you. And then I want to remind you of my new book, Tough Stuff, and you can go and you can buy that. People are experiencing tough life right now, And you've got to direct messages that help them navigate their life. I think this book will help. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. 